tribe by Sebastian Younger, chapters three and four. We had a very good discussion in class regarding the content of chapter three and four, but for the sake of the podcast, we're going to put them together so that it's all condensed into one spot. Chapter three focuses on this concept of an anti-human society. And what we believe that to mean, and we discussed this in class, but the quote itself we looked at pretty closely, this idea that most people are living in a space where the group of people that they would consider their tribe is very narrow. And we discussed this in class. We thought about the fact that the tribe that you would consider as high school students, it might be a little bit more expansive to teams you're on or clubs you're a part of or youth groups you're associated with. But for most adults, they look at their tribe as their immediate family. And while some of you might have more extended family locally, it might feel comfortable to expand that definition of tribe into a few different webs that the majority of people would see their tribe as just their immediate family. And both the anthropologist who gets interviewed in this text and Younger himself, it's pretty clear that he's pointing out the fact that this is not good overall from a communal standpoint. And while we did in class point out various ways that people do connect through church, through sports, through various activities within a community, the closeness that we do not have comes from the fact that we aren't taking care of each other in a day in and day out manner. We're not necessarily responsible for others. We take care of our own and our own is defined by just immediately what's around us. And Younger sees this as a problem. This idea that we're an alienating society, we're a technical society, and we're a cold society. That we're not as accommodating as we think. And one of the the possibilities that we explored in class was this concept that the way we even define community-based outreach is probably not even touching the surface of what it would mean to be in a tribe. What we would define as helping someone or being there for someone still is keeping people for the most part at arm's reach. So while we can all think of people in our family or friends that we have a tight bond with, this lack of needing each other, because society has overcome so many issues of building your own home, hunting for your own food, that we're so taken care of. All the amenities are there. All the variables that could kill a person for thousands of years, okay? They, a lot of those have been eliminated. And this gets back to the fact that we are living at a time where life is easy. And what Younger is pointing out consistently in this text is that that easy living is causing more mental trauma for those within the societies because our culture lacks this element, this peace. The individualism that continues to be promoted is a good thing. And this is one of the arguments that we had in class, this concept that we're not stressing that a community-based living is a reduction of the self. 
saying that an individual is not important. But an individual who is part of something bigger than themselves will have a more fulfilling life. And I, I think we did agree to that the most part in class. And we talked about the simple ways, sort of the manufactured ways through supporting sports teams or colleges, supporting music acts, even actors themselves. But that doesn't seem to have the teeth or the grit or the grip necessary for a person feeling holistically fulfilled with a sense of community. It might be a simple little hit that makes someone feel good, makes them feel part of something that is a little bit bigger themselves, but it's, it's not the same. And the big question throughout this text, and we explore it throughout it, and it begs the question a lot, is what and how okay, do we have to do to fulfill that void? So what are the ways that we fill that void, and how can we do it? Because an individual society is good for individual growth, but we do need each other. And our conversation in class really focused on this concept that the further we get away from needing one another and having our lives fulfilled by other people, but in an abstract way, you don't know the person who is farming the food you eat. We don't know the person who is slaughtering the meat you eat. You might not know the people who take your trash away. You don't know the person who built your home. You might know bits and pieces of them. You might recognize them. But you might not actually have any sense of community with them. That if they fell on hard times, you'd know it. And this idea of as our society gets gets bigger, at the same time it gets smaller because the way we can interconnect with each other, but the role of technology separating people from one another in a sense that when you feel connected, you might follow someone on a social media network, you might feel like you know them or at least are seeing their highlights, but there's a gap because ultimately you only are meeting their representative. We talked about this in class. When you meet someone for the first time, you tend to meet their representative and as you consistently hang with them or become a true friend of theirs, you might get to see the real version of them. Not that you're meeting a fake version of them, but over time, there's more. it's highly likely that you're going to know a very different version of them just as people get become more comfortable. It's not that they're lying to you. It's that they're connecting to you in a different way. A level of comfort is there will be important. So part of the situation we talked about is developing this comfort, even in really violent scenarios that these soldiers who come back from overseas kind of miss. And our individualistic society kind of hurts that for them when they return. We have such a small population defending and fighting overseas to the point when they return, there is a gap. It's pointed out in this section about Israel. And because so many people are involved with the military, it's a shared experience. And because they have that shared experience, there's not such a jarring aspect to a lack of understanding of what people have gone through. There's also this idea of victimhood where we believe, and it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where if you treat someone like a victim enough, they stop sort of taking care of themselves. And while this is not a universal truth for everyone in the military when they return, 
those who are struggling at times are told that they have a problem to the point where they become the problem itself. It defines them. It's not something that they're dealing with. It becomes their, it encompasses all, everything they are. And the last thing is that because there's no necessary job when they return, that there's a, a lack of buy-in. There's a lack of purpose. When we talked about this in the last podcast, talked about, about this in class for two days, those three things, military or not, let's pull the military out of it. If you're having a tough time connecting with people, you're being told that your problems are who you are and that there's no real place for you in society, you have to imagine that this is, at best, you're going to struggle. At worst, it's going to be unbearable and potentially something that you cannot overcome. Younger here is trying to point out that there are solutions, but we're going down a path that is consistently moving us in a direction further away from a tribal society. And while tribal societies, as we pointed out in class, weren't perfect, we're moving away from a sense of community with one another. And our definition of what is a community is, is not really living up to what I believe, and we talked about this in class, we ultimately need. And one of the aspects we are gonna, we're going to cover here is this concept that people are disconnected from themselves. And that how people live their lives versus what they actually say and believe in is sometimes extremely different. And this is when we get into sort of the hypocrisy and people being hypocrites, whether it's talking about how much they want to save the planet, but they drive a gas-guzzling car or they're flying a private jet to you know, an environmental conference to speak on behalf of you know, these different ideas that we talked about in class, that the hypocrisy of some of these decisions that we support things how we, in the way we live our lives, but yet we stand sometimes very publicly against them. And this idea that we're disconnected from even the decisions that we make, how we think and feel might be different from how we act. And sometimes it's in a completely clueless nature. And how do we think about that? How do we, and this is an important part of chapter four, calling home from Mars, that people struggle to even see their own hypocrisy, see that they are almost disaffiliated from the things that they care about and are saying, yeah, I might feel this, I might act this way, but I feel this way. And my feelings matter more than my actions. And as we covered in class, there isn't really a place in this world where your words should matter more than your actions. We talked about this with various characters and novels. What they say is never as important as what they do. We talked about this in class and applies to people's behavior. You can say all the right things, but what you value in life comes down to how you behave, how you act. Saying one thing and doing another doesn't work. And sometimes what's being pointed out here is life is so easy that we have the ability to be comfortable acting one way and then saying we believe in the exact opposite and not seeing it as a problem, not seeing that this is an issue. If you're going to take a stand for something, it's important to be aware of all the ramifications of that stance. But by not seeing it, by not understanding 
the community and not having people within a community to kind of say, hey, listen, if this is how you feel about it, your actions and words need to meet. And when they don't, and it's just as a natural part of our society that we have this gap, what does that say about where we're headed? What does that say about our society? What does it say about the culture we produce? And we talked a lot about this in class, that if the laws themselves define the society, and then what that society produces is we're going to call it culture, what we produce as art is going to reflect upon that. So segregated communities, the treatment of the elderly, focusing way too much on what we do not have rather than focusing on what you actually unites us or could unite us, it's all part of the perception that is both the reality as well. People tend to find a box. They try to find the things that will help them feel whole, find a way to sort of make sense of who they are as a people, to fit into that box. Okay? People, it's not the sense that in what Younger's talking about here, this idea that, oh, we just need to have this open-ended society. It's that we're trying to find ways to connect to others. And when I say, when we talked about this in class, the idea of a box, we, we, that seems limiting. Okay? doesn't mean that the box has got a limit. It just means that when we have our shared interests, our shared beliefs, our shared ideas, shared conversations, we get to know each other better. That box can have all sorts of things in it that helps you relate to others. But we are right now embarking in an era where you have technology that allows you to have the ability to look up anything, to be a part of anything instantaneously. But having so many options, does that limit you as well? Are you limited by trying to kind of figure out and be associated with everything? Does this lend itself to you having opinions on things where you're just skimming the surface on actually having knowledge about it? Does it impact the way you live or does it just impact the way you talk about the way you'd like to live, but you completely act a different way? To wrap this up, the loss of community is essential to us moving forward in a negative direction. And in order for us as a society to redirect ourselves, Younger is believing wholeheartedly that we need to reassess not just how we relate to one another, but even the terms we're using to bring them back to their roots so that how we feel about each other isn't being defined by terms and concepts and ideas that are being basically having the guts taken out of them, having the merit taken out of them, just good enough but not really achieving the ultimate goal. We'll keep talking about this in class. I think we have some, a number of excellent essay topics coming up that you can explore. But as we think about these ideas of broken standards and broken systems and how they can be fixed, we have to essentially think about what you're willing to sacrifice to be a part of something greater than yourself. And if you can't find that in life, why is that? And if you can't find it, can you create a path where it becomes an option for you.